Ready? Ready. All right. Welcome to the show. Temple B. Houston. That's all we got for you. Toodaloo. <laughs> all right. All right. Can't believe we're going to talk about the Giants. <laughs> what is going on? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another fabulous installment of D-Bat and Dennis Podcast. I am Dennis Vincey. He is Matt Scarano. He's donning a temple hat. Uh, I'm going to be honest, for a hot minute, I thought you had a Northwestern hoodie on, but it says Wildwood Crest. Is that the rowing team? Oh, does it say crew or crest? No, Wildwood Crest. Okay. What's with the paddles? You just you can paddleboard in Wildwood Crest if you so choose. Okay. I'll give you a nice, I'll give you a paddle. Hey, hey, Little dazed and confused action. Know what I'm talking about? Whap, whap, whap. Anywho, uh, Matt, how you been? Been uh, been a little bit since we've talked last episode. Uh, we were all hot and bothered about a certain football team. Had the great Dom Scrano join us. Uh, how you been these last, I don't know, when did we record last week? Has it been seven days? I think it was, um, I believe it was Monday night last week. So uh, More than a week. Days. Eight days. Eight days later, as the SpongeBob narrator would say. So how you been? What's been cooking in your world? Dennis, I've been good. Um, uh, like like I said, uh, I sat in a dentist chair for three hours today. So not only do my neck and back hurt just from being in a dentist-like table, but um, my mouth is in a lot of pain. But I would not miss Matt and Dennis. As far as the weekend, uh, the weekend has gone. It's been a roller coaster ride. Lots of ups, lots of downs. Um, but I really, I really, the entire time really looked forward to recording, uh, this episode. Um, I think a lot of positive thing, a lot of negative things to talk about, a lot of positive things to talk about. Um, and I'm sure we're going to have agreements and disagreements. Um, yeah, a lot of pain right now, but I'm going to push through, uh, to bring our 20 listeners, um, and 10 of which listen to it twice, uh, (laughs) bring, bring them. (laughs) <laughs> we got we got to give the people what they want. <laughs> Imagine if that's why we have the listeners. There's like six people that listen to the pod, but a couple of them listen to it two or three times. They're, they're family members in our group chat, but no matter how much pain I am in right now, I I, I have to give the people uh, what they want. Maybe social media manager Lauren will make an appearance. Um, that one percent in Romania just can't get enough. Or they, I need more, more content from Matt and Dennis. I will tell you this: this crown, this permanent crown, is weighing me down. It hurts. It's very painful. I've not been able to eat much today, but we got to give the people what they want. So aside, uh, aside from that, Dennis, I am, I am well. Yeah, I think that's why Napoleon didn't wear a crown. And during his days, hey. wait, wait, wait him down in battle, you know? Hey. Uh, but yeah, you said some negatives and positives. I'm sure there'll be some positives, uh, way more negatives on my side. But I will start with a positive. You brought it up kind of in our little pre-show discussions, which is kind of us just, uh, you know, shooting the shite back and forth. Uh, we got a new number one in college basketball, and that is because of Matt's soon-to-be ACC conference uh Folk and folk, I don't know what you would rather in. I don't know what word you would describe a team in a conference. What would you use? Uh, you could just use the word team. Team? Okay. <laughs> well, that didn't sound right coming off the tongue, but that's fine. The Temple Hootie Hoo Owls took down the number one team in the country, the Houston Cougars, just when people were starting to say that maybe a team was going to separate themselves in this crazy world that we call college basketball. All the parody. There is not a dominant team. Purdue takes the number one spot for the second time this year. Uh, Kansas, number two, three straight losses, all in conference, Big 12. It's a haymaker every single rough game. Rough, 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 rough. go for them. Uh, rough go for daddy's wallet as well. Here I was on a Saturday betting, live betting Kansas to cover four and a half in the money line because I'm like, ah, they'll come back. Then they go into half down 10. Bet it again for them to cover eight and a half. They got blown out by 20 on their home floor. 
unbelievable. I don't know. I don't know what Bill Self was doing. They could they couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat on Saturday. It was terrible. One one of the more enjoyable games was that Kansas Kansas State game. Indeed, on Tuesday, Which went went back and forth at the end of regulation and overtime, but but also. Kansas looked, uh, the, especially at the back end of that game, completely outmatched by Baylor and Waco. And there's even, night, yeah. there's even a video going viral of Bill Self uh, saying, like, they're so much better than us. Like, someone's reading lips. Is we Can we confirm that he's not saying that or not saying that? We don't know. Um, Dennis, I don't know if you have any more to say about uh, – No, I more. was getting ready to kind of give you the floor. Before I gave you the floor, I do want to – Say this if people are unaware what I do. I work at Sirius XM this week. Awesome week in college basketball. It's the uh, suits and sneakers. It's where all the coaches will actually wear suits and they will wear funky sneakers. It's for coaches versus cancer. That's this week. A bunch of teams will do a bunch of crazy stuff. I know uh, like Virginia has a plan for like some funky ass sneakers that Tony Bennett's going to be wearing on the sideline. But it's a cool thing that college basketball does every year. For that, a lot of coaches have been talking today. I heard Matt Painter, he was asked, uh, what do they think about the parody in college basketball? They're the new number one team. Number one goes down on Sunday. And he said he watched a little bit of that game. And although he's not watching every single game, it's hard to do that. Obviously, you're just preparing for the next opponent on your schedule. But he said it's not hard to look at that Temple basketball team and say they don't have talent on the floor. They clearly have talent on the floor and they got Houston on the right day. So, yeah, a little tip of the cap to the Owls from the coach that coaches the number one team in the land. So Matt, I'll give you the floor Sunday, big day for you. As you talk. Yeah. Dennis, Dennis, I appreciate it. I mean, if Temple won a, a, a big game against a team that was ranked 15 to 25 or, or whatever, I wouldn't expect to have, have time on this, but I mean, when anyone beats a number one seed, it's, it's a big deal. And especially obviously my Temple Owls and, 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 Sure, was part of it on a Houston bad day? Yeah, but I think a lot of it, and I'm not going to wave my hands in the air, but I, I sent to the group chat that I screenshotted myself four hours before the game started that I said Temple was going to win that game. And why is that significant? Why is that meaningful? Because I do not give a whole lot of faith to Temple basketball or Temple athletics at all. Do I watch every single game? Do I talk crap uh, to other teams tongue in cheek? Of course. Um, but I, I genuinely believe that that team was going to win. That's why I screenshotted um, my tweet. And uh, the day before at work, I was telling my boss, I said, Temple's going to beat the Houston Cougars. I have a feeling about this. Temple's offense, very iffy. One thing that's been consistent has been Temple's defense. That's why myself and a lot of Temple diehards have been so frustrated with the coaching of Aaron McKee, who is former Temple assistant coach, uh, former Temple player under uh, John Chaney, who's one of the best college basketball coaches of all time, and a former Philadelphia 76er. And this team... Last year, Temple, very unfortunate injuries, a team that was supposed to be good. This year, everyone's back, and they lost to Wagner to start the, or at the beginning of the year. They lost to Maryland Eastern Shore, while at the same time beating Villanova, who turned out was not going to have the year that they thought they'd have, beat Rutgers, but then, put all that aside, has beaten number one ranked Houston, a number one team. Forget if it's Houston – Forget if it's Dennis Vincy College. It's the number one team in the country on the road. University. On the road. I, I have heard that's pre prestigious university. University, But they beat them on the Maybe road. It is a 1-5 you get through. Every time it looked like Temple. Temple did not make a shot in their last, like, it was like five or six drives down court. And then, but, but they would stop Houston every single time. And right when it mattered they stopped Houston and at, there's only one team behind Houston right now in the American conference for a worse conference record. Temple is number two in the American conference. So am I saying Temple's tournament bound? No. Does that number one seed help a lot 
or the the win over the number one seed help a lot, of course. But Temple is the number or is is ranked number two in the American Conference. They beat a number one seed. They're playing South Florida tomorrow night at home in Philly. You have to assume they can win that. They play UCF here in Orlando on Saturday. Toss up. Temple has a chance to to solidify a pretty decent, all things having been said, uh, regular season record, and then go on a, a run in the American Conference tournament. Um, but it's it's uh, I'm not a fan of Aaron McKee. Even after this this win against the number one team, I'm not a fan of our coach. Um, did he deserve that? I think so because playing in a place like Philly, he's getting a lot of negative publicity on a uh, about a Temple team that should be doing better than they are. Um, but for a moment, they got to enjoy a big win. And it's the first time Temple has beaten a number one team since the year 2000 against the Cincinnati Bearcats. So, Dennis, I appreciate you giving me that time. I don't think Temple is done for the year. Um, I think still the chances of them getting uh, a tournament bid are – it's a stretch. Is it possible? I completely believe so. It might be a stretch, but – if there's a way, the Amway Center right down the road here in uh, downtown Orlando is going to be hosting uh, March Madness this year. So, but I mean, if you have any one or two cents to add, I doubt you do. But but Temple hung in there, and their their defense uh, their defense was um, impeccable, nearly impeccable. Um, so it's. Bring, brings you back to what Temple could be. I wasn't there in the early '90s, obviously, but uh, it was it was good, especially the afternoon after what we had to witness Saturday night, which I'm sure we will talk about shortly. Sure. Yeah. No, I don't have anything to add. It's a nice win. Didn't go, I didn't watch the highlights? Didn't even realize game was on. Didn't realize what was happening until I got the update that the number one team went down, and then of course, quickly followed by your text to our chats of. You know, but you, hey, I liked them. You know, it's a you know your text. It's a big win, big thing for the. It's a little little stepping stone, little building block. Watch the program, like you said. If you're going to try to make a run, now's the time. And this is also coming off this week. Houston was the number one team, and people are trying to find that team to be the runaway. Like, all right, when we get into March, these are the guys you have to watch. Like the, the tourney favorite. And a lot of people said, well, maybe it is Houston. They have the guard play. They obviously have the great coaching. They're just not going to get challenged down the stretch in the American Conference. Boom. First game going into the weekend, they lose. So, And, and, I'll, and I'll make two, two points about that. One, shout out to someone in the group chat that I probably disagree with more than anyone in sports. Ellis, even though when I like curse you all out when Temple wins, because I just assume you guys just make fun of Temple, Ellis is always on Team Temple. And not, maybe not necessarily Team Temple, but he's like, Matt, great win. That's awesome. Good for you guys. So shout out to Ellis. Hope he's listening. Uh, we're not going to post anything about this in the group chat. We'll just see if he listens and hears that. And number two, honestly, kind of surprised. And maybe this says, more, I don't know if this says more about Houston or less about Temple or more about the American Conference. But I would figure... Houston already with a loss. They weren't undefeated when Temple beat them. Temple beats them, and they only dropped to number three. So I don't know what that says more or less about. I figured Houston would at least, with a loss to a Temple team that had nine losses, I figured they would at least drop to five, if not out of the top five. Well, I mean, I, I guess maybe out of the top five, but you have to think Kansas obviously is going to take a huge drop losing the three games. I guess it would only be two because they lose the day after the AP rankings come out. UCLA lost over the weekend. Who else was in the top 10 that lost? I thought there was one more. Am I forgetting one? I can't remember. I can't either, but I, but I, but, but the, the criticism is always, and same thing with football that the, which is is more accurate, I would say, in basketball in the American Conference than it is football. That the 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 competition is is not 
that great. I'm not going to lie. I'm a, the podcast. I mean, I would assume you would look at this as that they're only going to drop two spots that that's a plus for the American. They did. Oh, they lost to Temple. Well, push them oh, back to nine. Like, you know what I mean? Dennis, as a, as a Temple fan, I'm thrilled that Houston only dropped to three because if Temple can beat South Florida tomorrow, beat UCF here in Orlando on Saturday, and as a Temple fan now, you want Houston to just keep winning. Well, yeah. I, I mean, and you said it. This is only Houston's second loss. Their first loss was to Alabama, who's a top five team. Correct. So, you know, how much do you punish Houston for having their second loss when everybody else around them has that or more? Right. Um, it's just there's too much parity. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. We're going to get more into this, obviously, now that football is going to wind down. We only have two shed a tear, two more meaningful days of football. Uh, I'm getting a little excited for this Pro Bowl thing solely because Peyton and Eli are uh, the captains, hosts, whatever the hell you want to call them. So maybe I'll tune into that, but I'm really chalking it up as two more days, which means college basketball takes full front and center stage for my sports viewing. So obviously this is the time where you have to start paying attention and it's going to, all hell's going to break loose because nobody, if anybody thinks they can predict, we say it every year, but this year shaping up to be one of those years where the big 10 is going to come in beating the crap out of themselves and they don't have a ton of ranked teams. The ACC is kind of down and we have some teams maybe we don't know a lot about the big 12 is completely kicking the crap out of them out of each other. The pac 12 is top heavy and those top teams are kicking the crap out of each other. And then you have to go to the mid-major level. You got teams like Charleston. Who the hell is Charleston? Florida A&M? Is it Florida A&M that's ranked for the first time ever? Right? Or is it Florida Atlantic? I would assume it's Florida Atlantic. <laughs> is it Florida Atlantic? Yeah, Florida A&M. I, I FAU. Yeah, I think it's a FAU. They're ranked for the first time ever. So Who will be in the American Conference uh, next year? No. Oh, you're losing Houston, though, so. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. It makes it that much easier for Temple. Yeah, I, I I'm, and I'm I'm thrilled that uh, I mean, regardless if Temple makes it or not, the Amway Center again. We could see it from our parking garage. I, I plan on being there for a couple of March Madness games, so it'll it'll be a lot of fun. Well, let's transition to something that wasn't a lot of fun. Yes, football on a Saturday night. Um, Matt, I'm just going to give you the floor because I know we're going to disagree that this was a black eye. Uh, I, I want to state, I will first off shout out to the Italian stallion friend of the show, Steve Salvo for hosting all of us degenerates on Saturday night. Uh, also his lovely wife, Jess for allowing this to happen. Uh, ping pong table going on. Awesome food that we got from some Italian restaurant. Way too many beers consumed. Cigars at halftime because the game was well in hand at that point, so we weren't even going to wait for the game to end. Uh, bitch in basement all around. It's totally finished for the uh, Salvos. It looks really nice. Just shout out to the Salvos for hosting a damn good night for what was a pretty freaking terrible night. Uh, but, yeah, this is I said it that night. Um, it's a black eye. On the season, it's unfortunate. Last week, we were riding high. Again, we know we weren't supposed to be here, but even during the week, and I know you're not the biggest fan of this guy, but Craig Carton, I heard him say, I think it was on Instagram, that I saw a clip where he was just like, people are talking about the Giants playing with house money, and everybody was. We, even on this podcast, Mm -hmm. said it. And he was like, no, you're not playing with house money. Go beat the Eagles. And then you're really playing with house And I'm like, you know, he's kind of got a point because if you look back at it, how many times this year did we say we got to appreciate this? We weren't supposed to be here. We had one of the biggest arguments on this podcast after you would like, quote unquote, kind of given up when you looked at where the Giants were record wise and looking at the schedule. And all right, let's just try to appreciate it. I'm trying to get that out of you. But then all of a sudden the Giants make a run. and It's like, well, throw that appreciation out the window. Let's look at what we can accomplish. Well, remember what we're, you know, try to appreciate this. And it's now we clinch a playoff berth. Oh, we weren't supposed to be here. Well, we weren't supposed to have six wins either or seven wins or nine wins. Now we're in the playoffs. We won a playoff game. We weren't supposed to be here. At what point were you supposed to just say, no, 
we kind of belong here. And then until Saturday night, we got a message that was pretty clear that we didn't belong there. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I, I went in kind of, maybe I was too confident. Maybe I bought in too much that Jalen Hurts wasn't going to look great. Maybe I bought in too much that the Giants would have a game plan like they did against Minnesota and they could translate it to a better team, better all around team in Philadelphia, go into possibly a more hostile environment. I, don't, I mean, I, I don't want to compare Philly and Minnesota. I think they're both pretty hard places to play. I would give the edge to Philly and that's just my East coast bias and NFC East bias of thinking they have the harder place to play than say Minnesota. But man, from the jump, and again, it was the Eagles going right down and scoring the touchdown. But luckily, the week before, we had seen it. So we're like, all right, don't freak out. This happens. They came out. They they had their scripted plays. Everything worked to a T. It's totally fine. And then it, it was just over. And I will say this, and then Matt, I don't know how much you want to comment on it. I was ridiculed in the group chat, ridiculed and on site. I firmly believed and still stand by Dable going for it on fourth and eight. They shouldn't have been in fourth and eight. It almost looked like they had the play call on third down, but the offensive line collapsed, not allowing Daniel Jones to do anything. Go out there, run the play you wanted, get the first down, and you can save field position. You can Now you're giving the Eagles a shorter field. Well, tell the defense to step up. Don't allow them to go right down the field and score another touchdown. I understand the hole that it digs us in, but what's my rebuttal? If the Giants get it, if they get the first down, what are you saying? Great call. So I don't care which side of the fence you're going to land on. In my opinion, that moment, I believe that the Giants could get it. I didn't want Philly, the Giants to come out and basically barely be able to cross midfield and have the Eagles with all that momentum. They just drove all the way down the field. What's to think that our defense would step up and not allow that? I believed if we don't get it, put the challenge on them, force at the very least a field goal, you're still in this ball game. Didn't happen. It was a touchdown, and it – it got even uglier from there, and you could on you could make the argument that this was never a game, and that the Giants walked into an absolute bloodbath, were not prepared in any facet, and hats off to the Eagles coaching staff for what they did to completely shut down a Giants offense that had been moving the football in the last couple of weeks, and a defense that looked completely befuddled and confused on every down. And unfortunately, to me, it's a black eye on the season because for all the great that we saw, one night put you back into put things back into perspective, being like, okay, we're not exactly where we thought we might have been. Um, yeah, no, Dennis, I have a lot, a lot to say about that. I know, I know, I threw a lot out you at you. But. I mean, first, uh, shout out to our listeners, our. our our good friends and family and whoever else might be out there that have listened to the roller coaster ride of Matt and Dennis, as far as the giant season goes. Um, not, not just this year, years before where you Dennis would be doom and gloom, doom and gloom, doom and gloom. Even when things look bright and I said, look at this, look at this, look at this. We bring on friends like Nick Burns and, and Kyle and my brother and, tell us there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you'd still be doom and gloom doom and gloom and then i get to this year and and similar to start and then i say uh, you know we got this hope hope it's like andy dufresne shawshank redemption like hope is a good thing no good thing ever dies and then i'm like oh they gave us that hope and then you get mad at me when i'm like ah like they 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 showed us that light at the end of the tunnel. They showed us that there was a chance at the playoffs. Now there isn't. You and I get back and forth. Then we agree. We disagree. We yell at each other. And then we're like, now we got it. Now we don't. All that aside, we all the collective celebration of the Giants making the playoffs. We all the collective celebration of the Giants playing well in Minnesota and beating the Minnesota Vikings. And it's it's that that is a it's a it was a collective effort of our of our fan group of everyone that kind of almost willed this podcast willed the fan base to believe that we were finally headed in the right direction 
and and I'm gonna agree with something just said. I'm gonna disagree with something just said. I'm gonna be like the Skip Bayless where I like slowly start saying things and like leading up to it. Um, I disagree with everything everything you're saying about the black eye and how it how the Eagles loss. Somehow, I, figured, I figured you would somehow puts a damper on the season, but it's but it's funny. And, and I hope our listeners can make this distinction. It's funny how you and my brother were the ones that were so gung-ho, so excited to go into Philly, so excited to beat the Eagles, so confident that we would do it. And I was the one, don't get me wrong, I was super excited to go into Philly and play the Eagles. But I had no, no thoughts that we would make. I was just happy to be there, and I said it. I said it after we beat the Vikings. I said it while we were pre-gaming uh, the Eagles game. You guys were so confident, and and now you're like, you know, this this it just ruins everything about our, our quote unquote playoff run, beating the Vikings, and what we've accomplished this year. I think that is so stupid. And this is coming from the guy that you yelled at that said the season was done around Thanksgiving before Thanksgiving. I just think that's that's such a stupid take. And it's going to kill me to to explain why it's a stupid take. I hate the Philadelphia Eagles. I hate them so much. You could argue, depending on the day of the week you ask me or the matchup you ask me, that I hate them more than I hate the Dallas Cowboys. But the Philadelphia Eagles are one of if not the best team in the NFL. The Giants didn't stand a damn chance. Am I upset that they didn't put up a bigger fight? Of course. It was Saturday night. That was 8.15. I bought, Dennis, I brought food into the kitchen. I was bringing beer, White Claws, liquor. I was ready for a full night. I was ready for the slightest chance that when that game ended at 11.30 midnight, I'd be partying all night long. I prepared for that. I went to Target right before the game started to prepare for that. It wasn't even the end of the first quarter and the game was over. <laughs> so I had all this stuff, and I'm like, well, what am I going to do now? I, I bought a bottle of $5 wine. The Eagles are one of the top team. Have- Is that a good thing? Is a bottle of $5 wine like it's for $5 going out there tonight, baby? For five dollars, it's actually a pretty good one. Shout out to Target, five dollar one. You know how to party. Oh, I we go, we go hard here in Orlando. Uh, Man, is that a five dollar bottle of wine? We're playing the Eagles tonight. Spare, <laughs> spare no expense. I'm messing around. <laughs> no, but, but the Eagles were the best team for a significant portion of the year, the best team in the league. And then when it got to it, the Eagles kind of slowed down, took the foot off the gas a little bit, had some injuries. Other teams kind of caught up. And now you're seeing those other teams that caught up are the other remaining teams aside from the Eagles that could potentially win the Super Bowl. So going into this game, or, or, or I should say after this result, no, this does not put a damper on the season at all. Dennis, the Giants, you and I both acknowledge that we're not supposed to have more than five wins. We exceeded that. The Giants weren't supposed to make the playoffs. We exceeded that. The Giants weren't supposed to have a playoff win. On the road, we exceeded that. The Giants went into a hostile environment against a team that forget what division they're in, forget what rivalry. No, you can't forget what division they're in. No. Forget. That all plays into it. The division, the first time playing no. them, it might be the worst loss of the season. It As all plays into it. It, does, it. In this situation where the Eagles throughout the majority of the year, it doesn't matter if they're in our division or another division. It they were, matter, for the majority of the year, the best team in the NFL. So the Giants, sure, they should have put up a much better effort. The team was not prepared, and you can see it, and it was obvious. Um, but but they were they were just not prepared. And I will say one more thing, and then you and I can go back and forth about it. You made the comment, and rightfully so, that you were in the trenches in the Giants group chat about the Brian Dable fourth and eight go for a call. That was where the game was over, in my opinion. Eagles go right downfield, slightly slower, and once I realized the Eagles were at the very least getting a field goal on that first drive, I'm looking at the time. 
and I'm comparing it to how quickly Minnesota got downfield. If, if, if the Eagles are going to get a field goal or a touchdown, Eagles got a touchdown slightly slower than Minnesota did. So at that point, Jones, Barkley, Hodgins, our offensive line, they haven't touched the ball once. Not going to panic just yet. Same thing happened, and we hit the panic button. Giants go downfield, looking pretty solid, getting to Eagles territory, kind of getting to that no man's land. And then they get stalled by a talented Eagles defense. Fourth and eight. Why, why on earth do you go for it right there? You know you have a good special teams. You know you have a good kicker. Why on earth? And then I'll fast forward, and Dennis, I'll let you respond to this. When the Giants get on the board, they finally get a touchdown. It's Matt Breida, 28-7. A little momentum here. It's only halfway through the third. You never know what's going to happen. Are we going to win? Probably not. But there's some momentum, finally. And then when the Giants have a much more uh, realistic chance at converting on fourth down, Dable punts. Rare, rare moment. There was another one back we talked about in the podcast. I forget what game it was. But rare moments. I think it was the Washington tie. Very few where I disagree with Kafka and Brian Dable. That that was one of them. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll get off my tangent here, but I'm so proud of this team. I, I wish they put up a better fight. I wish I had more fun on my Saturday night. But this, in no way, I, I completely disagree. Did it sting for an, for a couple hours? Did it ruin the season for a couple hours? Sure. But to say that that, for what they've accomplished this year, puts a big black guy on it, I, I can't disagree with you more. I'm not so much saying that it's putting a black eye on the entire season. It's more so for right now and probably leading until – we hear what the Giants are going to do with Jones said Barkley, because now that's even more of a t- topic of conversation. Now it creates all the dumb offseason drama that the New York media will create as if one of these guys might not be back. Both of them might not be back. We've already heard reports that Barkley has turned down the initial offer after turning down the offer at the beginning of the season. I went back on because obviously, look, I'm in no shape to make analytical decisions on Saturday night. But I agreed the ballsy calls that the Giants have made this year, and they've looked much different than Giants coaching in the past. We've grown to really love and respect that. I know it's a weird call, but in that, in the fourth and eight, my whole thing was that the Giants dialed up a play that they thought was going to work and get them a first down. The offensive line collapses. You get sacked. You take a big loss. Now it's fourth and eight, but you're still kind of in no man's land. Now it's going to be kind of one of those short punts. Let's hope we can pin him back inside the 10, or it's going to be a touchback, or you go for it. And I kind of wanted them to go for it. I, I, maybe I was just too riled up. Maybe that's what the Giants' problem was. But to your point, when they did – I don't know. It was weird. I don't know if it's just us wanting to believe, wanting to make it a game. But after the Breida touchdown, it was like, okay, we just need we need, a, we need a turnover. We need a quick stop, something. And we get another touchdown. Now it's a two-score game. Don't tell me that this game is then in hand if it's 28-14. And to have the opportunity when I went back and I watched like they do the YouTube clips of like all the key plays and touchdowns and stuff like that, I think it's NFL. I think it's NFL.com's YouTube show, whatever it is. I watched that and I saw it again. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And to me, that's why I kept going back to the black eye because what the hell was going on? What was going on with the coaching? What was going on with the offensive line? What was going on with the pass rush? So many of these things that we saw click. Matt, you talked about it last week in the podcast, the stupid Avengers comparison where the portals are opening up everyone's coming back guys are healthy and in the giant scenario nobody walked through the freaking holes and it was just captain america iron man and thor standing there being like ah shit (laughs) and and rolling into philly with nothing behind them like i so it's i think it's it's definitely recency bias it's that game's still in my head it was you after the minnesota game i'm gonna enjoy this i'm gonna celebrate 
and you take it to midweek before you really start dialing it in, maybe that's what the Giants did. Maybe they were dancing and laughing and having fun in practice, and they didn't take this as seriously as they should have, rather than your brother and I last week saying, like, no, Monday morning we woke up like, this is a business trip. We're going into our division rival for a third time. Do you have to know the statistics? It's hard for a team to beat a team for a third time in a season, especially a division rival. And the numbers were how good the Giants have faced against one seeds in their playoff history. I know you don't want to compare teams and compare years, but those numbers are there. So as a Giants fan, you're watching that being like, we got a chance. And I even said it multiple times on Saturday, like, ah, it's going to suck when we're down by two scores. Ah, we're not going to win. But my mom can shut up. Stop saying that. The Giants are going to get blah, blah. She said it to me multiple times. I'm walking around the house just waiting to party and put my party pants on. Take my party pants off. Anyway, that's why I say it's a black eye because I don't recognize that Giants team. Nothing about that Giants team is what got them to this point. That's I just very concerning to me. I just and, and if a boat picture surfaces, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> and and it's funny, I, I got I got hung up on twice that night. I got hung up well, on by the time you called me, I was hammered, so I just wasn't having it. <laughs> so I got hung up on by you, and I got hung hung up on by my brother. <laughs> and he and he called me. He called me. I didn't call him. He called me and he's screaming, what is this? This And he's texting the group chat. What is this bum team? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I'm like, Donna, I'm, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told all of them. And I said it on the podcast. What, what did you guys think was going to happen? We're playing. We weren't supposed to be here. And we're playing one of the best teams in the NFL. And he goes, you know what? You're right. And then hangs up on me and then calls me back two seconds later. He's like, it's like in Happy Gilmore where he, um, where the girl like is he's his girlfriend's breaking up and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. <laughs> what? Well, like, so I hung up on you and I, te- and I texted you right away like, hey, that has nothing to do with you. Yeah. I just can't stand this football team right now. Yeah, it was like Dennis, what do you think about this game? Like, nope, hangs up. <laughs> and then Dominic goes, you know what? You're right. Hangs up on me, then calls me back again a second later. I'm sorry, that was really mean. I got hung up twice by our past uh, hosts. You got apologies, though. I did. I did get apologies, and I wasn't trying to be like I told you so. I was. I know, but I wasn't in the frame of mind to talk over it, or. Yeah, no, fair, fair enough. But, but no, it's it's. I I knew this was gonna. That that's why I, I was. It stung. Don't get me wrong. Like by, like, social media manager Lauren can confirm. By the end of the first quarter, I was. Like throw my hat on the ground, like fuck this, and excuse my language, and like went into the hey, other kids. room and, and started like throwing back drinks and just kind of checking out the score on ESPN and and like doing doing all that. But I, it just does not. I I've said it multiple times, Dennis, on the show. As much as I hate the Eagles, as much as I hate to give them credit, they were built for this moment. As much as Nick Sirianni is kind of a clown and he's going on these like these weird moves and he's eating little caesar's pizza like what the the, philly does not have good pizza but they have better pizza than little caesar's he's he's also been compared like the side-by-side memes to the little kid from elf and i can't unsee that now i saw that like like you got you got lorenzo's you got even even maxi's at temple has better pizza. Maxi's, that's not a knock on Maxi's. Maxi's is really good pizza. Yeah, but isn't Little Caesars the official pizza of the NFL? I think that's why Matthew Stafford does all his commercials. There, it's it's the it's the arena in Detroit is Little Caesars Arena. We call it the Pizza Arena, and that pizza, Little Caesars, is terrible. Pizza Hut, credit to him, I guess, the week before is like gourmet compared to Little Caesars. I've never Domino's, had Little Caesars. Domino's is better than both of them. So, but. Little Caesars, like if he's living in Philly and he's making that money in Little Caesars, like go to Lorenzo's. Like Lorenzo's has good good pizza in in Philly. Like you can you can I guarantee you, you can get that and get some calzones or or something. Anywho, no Dennis, I'm again, I'm I'm so proud. Or like we should probably shift into like the off season stuff now, but I'm. I'm probably it, it sucked that it ended that way. It sucked that it ended against Philly. 
but I didn't go in. Like it's and, and my family was texting me and there wasn't any like shit talking. It was just like, yeah, we I mean, I don't know how there could be. It was you know because I wasn't talking to any smack and they were in it. We we all kind of figured that it's the Eagles were on a different that's what I told Dominic. The Eagles were on a different trajectory. They are all the way up here, and the Giants are trying to get there. And I think two, hopefully not three, but maybe two, three years, the Giants will be right there with the likes of Dallas and Philadelphia, uh, poor Washington. Um, I think I think Washington will be. I mean, Dallas. Who knows what's going to happen? I, but I think I think Dallas, don't just. Uh, I don't think we have to, we can forget what this team accomplished. Uh, how they made the playoffs, how they won a playoff game, the the fashion in which they did. Um, I'm I'm willing to to shift gears now and talk about the future before we start talking about our draft prediction show and and all that. Yeah, I I'm with you, and I'll put the bow on it this way. I, eventually, I will look back, and this this will be an incredible season. We had some awesome moments, some incredible memories created watching this team, and hopefully this is the foundation, that building block that you talked about that we'll look back to this season and how this one year changed, hopefully, say, the next decade for this Giants team. But right now, this sucks because it, it's it's why I call you out where you never let yourself get overexcited. You never would create that hype for yourself where you dismiss the season after the loss to Detroit, it's over. We're not making the playoffs. Look at the teams behind us. Look at our record. Look who we have to face. So you always had yet, yet half yet. We were one foot out the door. Like don't make me come back in giants. And the giants started pulling you in and they, they did their darndest to get your second foot out the door. And then they beat Washington and it kind of looked like, okay, we're going to be okay. We're going to make the playoffs. And then we go in expectations i don't know but we're feeling confident i on the other hand i was a little different because obviously i hated minnesota and they you know they were the one team i would want in a postseason gosh darn it we got them but yeah you then enjoyed that for the moment the ride you basically did what i called you out for not doing two months prior and instead there were some of us like me your brother that was just like now this is it team of destiny we don't belong here we're gonna get it done, and we got smacked in the face. I will. I will always say it, what what we talk about on here, whether it's you and me, or you, me, my brother, or Kyle, or Nick, or Ellis, or whoever. This is like this is like betting talk. Like it's like if we're if we're all betting men, which unfortunately we are. This is what's gonna happen. You see me at the Meadowlands, or you see me at the bar, or you, you see something like that's you're gonna see a sports fan that's dialed don't, in. Don't trust that, Matt. Dialed in 100%, which would be a different person from what I will, will say on here. I, 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 like I said, we have social media, Lauren, uh, social media manager, Lauren, in my ear shadow. And yeah, they lost to the Giants. Um, I, I was all, I was all prepped and ready, but just, yeah, just super, super proud of this team. And, yeah, no, it's it's. I I think the trajectory and just the culture has changed immensely. Or from what I listened to on the fan and from what I saw from the Giants Colts game, people are fired up again. People are are wearing Giants stuff not only as like a sign of we think this team can do good things, but this is our culture in the city. This is tradition of my friends and my family and and people are not afraid to they're not embarrassed to wear giant stuff yeah and for a little moment right now they own new york they are the team that is talked about we'll see what happens with these two baseball teams this year both will go in with high expectations per use and we'll see uh if one of them can actually deliver and make the playoffs and if the other one can well I don't know. Win a World Series. That's that's pretty much all you can do at this point for certain fan base. They wear pinstripes, dark blue. You know, no we names. Have, we, we have another no, no names on the back of the jerseys. You know who I'm talking about. We, we don't have another, talk about them, but we have another month before month month and a half ish before I have to get into that. Yeah, but it's you know tough tough way to end it. It is what it is. Now, of course, begins the talks, and I'm just going to put it right out 
and this is how I feel. I The weird press conference of the reporter asking Shane if Daniel Jones will be back and Brian Dable turns his head really quick, being like, oh, how are you going to answer this, Joe? Well, he, look, he looks at him. Yeah, he's like, let's see what he got to say now. I think Daniel Jones is back. I don't understand. There's nothing that, you, again, like you said, you can't use just this game as an example. You have to, how he played throughout this season. To me, he is the Giants quarterback. Unless they're trying to cook up something crazy to go after, say, a bigger named free agent or trying to trade around in the draft and try to get inside the top 10 to get one of these four guys that will most likely be taken. I don't know who of which they would love and why they would make that sort of move. Uh, I'm starting to lean that Barkley will be gone solely because the Giants will look at that position like many other offensive teams have where you're not going to see the value. And I'm sorry, but you're not Christian McCaffrey. You're not getting $16 million a year. And if that's what you want, I think they let him walk. And then he can go play in Denver or something, some team that just throws out money and doesn't get wins. Yeah, Dennis, um, uh, I agree with most of what you said. I think there are – I think if I had to pick the the top two um, most important players that the Giants need to sign, one is Daniel Jones is number one. And I would put a certain player over Saquon Barkley. I don't know if you can guess who that is, but I'll give you one Landon guess. Collins. Yes, Landon No. <laughs> I don't know. Dexter Lawrence. Oh, okay. It needs to be Daniel. So Jones. he didn't get a contract extension or no, an option? No, he did not. Okay. He'll uh, be signed then. Yes. Yeah, so um I mean, he's got a C on the shirt. I know Barkley does too, but come on. Yeah. But but here's the other question. When you look at guys like Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. The question is going to be, and I've heard this on multiple morning football shows today, Where, who, who else is going to pay them that money? And if, again, we talked about on the Christmas episode, granted I said the Houston Texans, that was my example I used, but if somewhere else gives Daniel Jones one million more, and this is for the sake of argument, is he going to go elsewhere? Like, where, who else is going to pay Daniel Jones that much more to leave New York, to leave Brian Dable, to leave the team? Same thing with Saquon Barkley. Who is going to give him, if he wants Christian McCaffrey money, who's going to give him Christian McCaffrey money? I don't know who will. I, for an, I, for an, albeit talented player, but injury-prone. Correct. Player. And I know McCaffrey was injury-prone, but you kind of take the risk on a team like San Fran. And that's the thing. Are there teams that are like, oh, he's that one piece? Is he, though? San Fran's a big run-heavy offense. McCaffrey doesn't have to carry the load and be the guy. He is the guy. But they have other guys playing behind them. They, uh, The way Shanahan runs his offense, uh, it feels like the perfect fit. I don't know if there's a team that – and this is where I'm trying to think, too, where, all right, if the Giants are out on Jones, is there a trade that packages? But who is that team? That's going to take a contract for Barkley for that much and give up a ten, a ten, top ten pick. I, I don't know. I don't know an NFL franchise that would be that dumb. And that's the question. And that's going to be interesting to see. And we really haven't seen too much. We always joke, Joe Shane master class, but we don't really know how soft or aggressive Joe Shane is. So when, like, we know Jones. It doesn't seem like in the offseason a very aggressive person, but we don't know his agents. We don't know Saquon Barkley's agents. So when they go out and try to feel out what's going on there, I'm sure they're going to get offers. I'm sure they're going to get other teams with their ears perking up. But how aggressive are they at those teams? And how aggressive as is Joe Shane? Is he is he like kind of softening up Saquon? Is he softening up? Daniel Jones, is he saying like this is your home? This is like we got like we have all this all this stuff we built. The fans love you. You got Brian Dable, this, that, and the other, and you got your teammates. Or do you want to go out to this random like how much are they 
how much is that actually happening? But I, I think it just comes down to the core of, I, I don't think any team, will there be a team that will offer Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley and run the Giants? Possible, very likely. But is it going to be this incredible offer that blows them away and says, I have to leave New York City so I can go play in bum, you know what, somewhere? I mean, that, I don't know if that that's – leaving New York City, it's quite expensive to live there, and I, I don't think there's – No, it's, it's, that's not my point. That's not my well, point. I'm not saying, I don't know if – I you might leave New York. Like, they don't care about New York. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying it as like New York City. Like, oh my God, you can't tour the Empire State Building after you leave. I'm saying the New York Giants are building something. Do you want to take two million dollars more to go to Houston? Which is what I said in the Christmas episode. Well, it's a, it's tough. And I just looked at the top ten where I'm the only team like the Rams have a top ten pick from a trade. Is that a team? that you trade with. I'm looking at the other teams. The teams that are going after quarterbacks are not going to go after Daniel Jones. They might sign him for dirt cheap if the Giants just let him walk. But then for the Giants, that seems stupid. You you just, okay, this is supposed to be your franchise quarterback. He was a top six pick. And four years later, we just let him walk. Right. That seems like a gigantic waste. And now you're left in no man's land. And then there's all this improvement we saw this year all of a sudden go to crap so that you can tank and get a franchise quarterback. The, uh, that doesn't add up and won't happen. I saw so, today at the dentist's office that Dan Graziano thinks that the Giants will be worse next year. Next year? Than they are this year, which I didn't – they had other people giving their opinions, and all I saw was his, which was kind of surprising, honestly. Maybe he's just bitter that he's not working for them anymore. But – um. I mean, I don't know what the schedule will end up looking like. He could be thinking that you're going to lose a weapon like Barkley, which then you're still going to look. Now you're looking at an offense that's much worse because you have no one coming in that will be as good. I So I don't know. I can't see how the defense would be much worse. Yeah, no, I think at the very least, I think we, we, we equal out. And I mean, I'm, Fortunately, I have at least one home game or one away game on the calendar. I'll be in Miami um, for that one. Um, I mean, that's a team. Would Miami throw a bundle in this big blockbuster trade and go after Saquon Barkley? <sighs> they did it and went and paid Tyree Kill. They're, you know, I don't know if they want to use a running. They seem to be okay with a little tandem they got going. But are they are they just going to pay Saquon more than that twelve mil? I don't know. Just, yeah, and, and that that will be the question, and that will be answered. I know it's tough because he's, you know, make the argument he's a top three running back. So, yeah, he's got to be in that tier. But, I mean, it's real easy to look at what he could make in one year. And if the Giants are this rebuilding team, we could spread that out to three, four guys, depth guys, get young guys, take a flyer on someone from a team in a trade, some, you know. Acquired draft capital. It, I don't know. We were talking about this in the group chat. And... It's tough, Matt. If we're, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you again. No, if, but I mean, if Dennis. We're, if we're, we're going to be a nine-win team and our running back's making $16 million. Dennis, I, I, I said it on the show. I don't know if it was before the Vikings game or before the last game of the year. I, I forget when I said it. But I said it on the show. And I said, we're having fun. We're we're gonna we're on this little run right now, and we're gonna have some very uncomfortable conversations. And this is just the beginning of it. And it's it, it's I mean we, I mean right now, Jones and Barkley are the face of the franchise. So we can either we will either celebrate that we're keeping the face of the franchise, and depending on who you ask, that might be a celebration. Maybe it's not. Or we might see a completely different team. I would say, I mean, I mean, and Ellis tried to get on me because I was reading too much into the quotes, but like, sorry, those are the quotes. And that's what's happening right now. So that's what I'm watching. That's what I'm going to do. And you mentioned it, I think, earlier that I, and I put it in the group chat. 
where Joe Shane says we're happy to have Daniel back, or we're gonna, or we're we're happy to have him coming back, something something like that. And then they zoom in on Brian Dable, and he's like, turns his head real quick with a little smirk, kind of like they let something slip. Well, it's not even that. It's almost he says that, and the reporter follows up with, "So Daniel Jones will be the Giants' starting quarterback next year." That's when Dable turns his head. And Shane, like, will address every offensive offseason need, blah, 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 almost as if to say they don't know or, hey, are you releasing whichever way we're going now? Right. We as the fans can only sit there and speculate and pull our hair out and wonder which, what they're saying. And Which here's another thing. And I know we ended one of our more recent shows and I said, I reflected on past Matt and Dennis draft shows, which we always do live. It's another, my Christmas show, the Christmas show is always my favorite, but the draft show is always like, that might be number two. It's right up there when we do the live draft reaction. And I said, a reflection uh, of the Giants season is that we're able to start the show when the draft starts and the Giants pick within a half hour. We're not going to be able to do that this year. It's going to be at the end. We're going to have to reimagine how we do it this year. Um, But that I think, and I'm excited now for this draft because we will get to see what their plan might be. Are they thinking of a trade-up? Is this something where you watch them do what Dallas did to acquire Micah Parsons? Is it something where you're the Eagles and you're going to talk with a team and acquire a draft pick or trade your draft pick and you're going to get a, a star player like they did with AJ Brown. Right. This is where the giants have those key places they need to fill. We need a guy here. We need a guy here. We, we don't necessarily have to draft a guy and wait two or three years for improvement. Cause that's kind of where they're picking back end of the draft could be hit or miss. Who, who drop If someone drops, if so, you get a guy that gets taken earlier than you thought, it, obviously, you can get that anywhere in the draft, but you're kind of in no man's land towards the end of that draft where you start, all right, this is where like your second tier kind of tackles or like D linemen are going to fall. Maybe there's some cornerbacks or safeties. I don't know if the Giants go that route. We keep talking receivers. So how many receivers are in this draft and fall that late? There are some good ones that I don't think make it past 12 or 13, but I, I think I think it's going to be one of those situations where we, we rely so heavily on the intelligence of Joe Shane because we didn't expect to be in this position. So now we celebrated it. We made it to the playoffs. We won a playoff game. And now it's like, ah, uh, crap. Now we're still not good. And we're going to be picking at the bottom. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like that mixed with, Joe Shane doesn't like free agency that much. Also, Joe Shane, at least Dave Gettleman, was notorious from his time being Giants GM of never trading up, never trading. And the only time he did it was when his job was at was was in question, and the the pressure was really on. That's when Dave Gettleman kind of got off his rocker and went off of went off of his status quo. So, you know, Joe Shane doesn't talk about free agency. Joe Shane is a big draft guy. He says, we we rely on the future of the team with our draft capital. Do you risk your draft capital? To your point, Dennis, do you move up? I think the Giants have Daniel Jones as their guy, and I'm all about that. But they need a wide receiver desperately they need a guy alongside Wandale Robinson and Darius Slayton I think you have Isaiah Hodgins there I think you have to bring him back but you need a top-notch wide receiver and could you get it at 25 sure do you want to take that chance what's the risk of the draft capital what does Joe Shane think about that Thankfully, it's only the end of January, so we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. There'll be a bunch of mock drafts and all that. Offensive or, or right tackle, I think, needs to be addressed. 
Well, I was just going to say the one position I would watch out for was offensive line. Yeah. I think that they could sit there and guys could fall to them. And like you said, if Shane doesn't really want to trade up and lose, you know, draft stock. And if he doesn't want to make trades and he'd rather build through the draft, that's a position where you can just keep firing it off. Give me offensive lineman, offensive building, building, building. I mean, I know he's only a rookie, but Evan Neal didn't have the greatest year. We can see improvement, but he could be a bust. That we don't, has potential. We don't know much of Joe Shane as a GM. From He has little to no draft history to know what he likes or what he doesn't like to do. I, I would be very surprised if there's not some movement. I'd be I'd be very surprised if the Giants what the picks they are lined up with when the draft starts, if it stays that way. I, I because I think they need a wide receiver. I think that's more I think it's more important than the offensive line, but the offensive line that needs to be addressed. I think those are the top two. Um and I think 25th pick, that that is the bummer of this turnaround season and the turnaround in the culture. Now we're picking at the bottom of the barrel, at least in the first round. So I I I I would root for a Joe Shane late late pick trade or, or 2024, 2025 trade something like that. And again, we'll 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 talk more about this, but I think wider. I think you need a wide receiver over offensive line. I agree. I just, I don't know what they're going to do. Trading will be tough. But again, he was part of that Bills team that brought in Stefan Diggs. So there's no, you know, tough to say. I don't know who was available out there, but I'm sure there were some free agents that he could start talking to some teams, trading some future draft picks. If this, if you get a guy that, is a difference maker on the outside for Daniel Jones, assuming Daniel Jones is a Giants quarterback. But that's all I have for you. You got anything else? Anything else you want to get up to chest? Talk about? It's the end of January, Matt. Crazy times. It's crazy times. Really now. a month into this year. Yeah, I'm just um, – it's, it's pretty much the Matt and Dennis end of Giants season press conference. Time so, for a hiatus. Again, super, super proud. Um, never thought we'd be this in depth on Giants football a week before February. Um, so I, I, I can't say enough good things between however many good things or bad things I said. Same thing with Dennis. It's it's been just an awesome year, and none of us saw this. None of us, even the most confident, uh, diehard Giants fan, did not see them making the playoffs. And winning a playoff game. So I'm I'm thrilled. We have the right guys at the helm. That's been proven. Um and it's, it's gonna be interesting. Uh the next however many episodes when we start getting to boring Matt and Dennis. Um it's no such thing. Fair enough. But we're gonna have to get into that time where we start uh arguing about draft picks and having to talk about which Yankees players are getting surgery a month before the season. Mm. So it already seems like one of them might be scheduled to have surgery. So yeah. right on, right on cue. Can't, cannot wait to talk Yankees, which starts in less than two months. So pumped about that, but maybe yeah. that we actually have a football team. We enjoy watching. We'll just carry over and just do giants talk 12 months out of the year. Yeah, no. And um, yeah, of, of the NFC, Current NFC and AFC, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Give me, um, give me the Cincinnati Bengals being the San Francisco 49ers for the Super Bowl. Solely because I have a futures bet placed on it, give me the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Philadelphia Eagles. Fair enough. So, yeah, no, that, so that's, that's so. all I got. I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about that. But, um, yeah, no, looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, so that's all we got for you, folks. We'll say, have been in. Contact the host of the Four Point Play podcast, RT, Ralph Idarola. He's Not expressed interest in coming on the show. He wants to come on, talk hoops. Obviously, we're going to be talking a lot of college hoops in the next couple of weeks. Did you, um, uh, did you, uh, 
That did you, did you reach out to him about Temple beating Houston? No, I did not. He texted me though. He goes, "You see Matt's boys pull the upset," and I said, "Yes, I did. It's actually a pretty good win." So you might think we're all crapping on on Temple, but behind the scenes, it's all love. Why didn't he hit me up about that? Fair enough. I don't know. I just don't care. He texted me. I'm not sending the text out. If you text me, I'll respond. But otherwise, don't expect me to just be like, hey, nice win. <laughs> I'm not that guy that likes the Turtles. And the only reason he's telling you that is because he doesn't respect the ACC because he's jelly. He's no longer a part of it. And, yeah, he doesn't like uh, mid-major teams. This, not that this, Houston's a mid-major, but they're kind of in the same. This is really going to help out our uh, chances of making the ACC excited about it. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. Anywho, so we'll definitely have some guests. Going forward, RT will absolutely be part of the podcast. We get more in-depth with college hoops. Next week, we'll probably be talking a lot of conference championship. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll be doing some Pro Bowl stuff because the Mannings are hosting it. I'm probably likely to tune in. Who knows? A little flag football, skills competition. Could be cool. Could it totally makes suck. Well, we don't know. <laughs> Dennis, be- before we go, that honestly makes it – they've been having a, a hard time with, like, the Pro Bowl skills competition and the Pro yeah, Bowl. Yeah, it makes it intriguing. Getting people to tune in. And I, I think with them, with Peyton and Eli, that they're doing a decent job of getting people to try to watch it. I mean, have you seen the commercial where Eli's – I don't know who the guy is. He might just be a random guy training him how to pull the tag off. And when he pulls it off, he rips, like, the player apart. And Eli just looks at him like, perfect. Yeah. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't hate them for trying their best to get people tuned in. And, and Eli and Peyton are – football pop culture right now so I, they're, they're trying to get people into the pro bowl and i and i have to respect that yeah i mean it's probably going to get me to watch provided i remember that it's on tv and i can tune in but aloha stadium is are they back in hawaii no no i don't even know yeah. if that stadium's still there but temple is going to be playing in hawaii next december i'm going to try to go to that oh my gosh the rainbow warriors and the owls at the uh, the Diamond Head Classic at the University of Hawaii at the Stan Sheriff Center. Look out, folks. Book your flights now. Already saving up. Get your tickets. Anyway, appreciate you listening to the show as always. Follow us on Twitter, Matt Dennis Pod. Matt's been tweeting from it. I've seen him hours and sometimes days later because I never go on Twitter, but I have seen them. So things are happening out there, folks. If you're on Twitter, follow the account. I don't know what he's tweeting, but he's tweeting some stuff. Could be total jargon and nonsense but you know it's still it's still content so follow us there uh subscribe to us itunes and spotify you can like and subscribe it you can have it all set up so that the episodes just download automatically evidently they take longer to get to itunes we've had two people that's right two people at least two different people not this person complaining twice complain about it uh, not uploading quick enough so the, the content is in demand man and is, does people that count- are it does that count the one guy that we asked about the logo? No, that does not count him. Awesome. Three. Three, that's true. Three people have complained now. Three people. I mean, this guy's the limit here. Air's getting pretty thin up here. I don't know about you. When, when, you're, this, when you're this popular, you're going to get haters. It's true. All you can do is brush, off, brush the dirt off your shoulder. You know what I mean? Nine-nine problems. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Dennis DMS21. He's at MScars391, right? Three nine one, sir. Nailed it. That's all we got for you. Appreciate you as always. I am Dennis. He is Matt. Thank you for tuning in, Matt. Adios. Adios.